Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Hey, help me welcome our internet audience. What's up, y'all? Thanks for being with us. Peace to your house. Hey, hey, before you sit down, before you sit down, find three people. Give them my sermon title. You ready for it? You ready for it? Tell them, watch your mouth. Tell them. Three people. Find three people. Tell them, watch your mouth. 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 (laughs) Y'all were waiting to say that to somebody tonight. I'm sure a husband and wife were bickering on the way here. Watch your mouth. Preacher said, watch your mouth. Well, hey, uh, my name's Nick. I'm the Young Adults Pastor here at Meadowbrook Church, and it's so good to be with all of you tonight. It's a pleasure to get to worship God with you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. You don't have to clap for me. It's fine. You know, it's all right. It's all right. Hey, before we move on, uh, I want to give honor where honor is due. Y'all love your lead pastor, Pastor Tim. Can we give honor to Pastor Tim? Can we give it up for him tonight? Um, yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. Pastor Tim, if you're watching, uh, I'm a better Christian because of you. For real. Better husband, better father. Uh, so just being under your leadership is a blessing. It's an honor. And, and uh, we thank you that you, uh, that you started this church and we get to be a part of it. We appreciate you. Amen, amen, amen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also I want to give honor where honor is due. My mom and my dad are up here. Jim and Vicki McDuffie holding it down. That's where I get my good looks right there. Thank you. Appreciate it. Y'all are awesome. And uh, I have a new baby girl. She's in the front row as well, but we have a picture, I think. There she is. I know. She's three and a half months old, so smiley in the morning, big gummy smile. Not like daddy in the morning. I don't smile like, I don't smile at all. I'm grumpy. I need coffee. Amen, anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's my little girl, and she's growing up way too fast, way, way, way too fast, and and I don't like it. You know, I don't don't like it. I don't like it, but um, so have y'all heard this statement before, and and just finish it with me if you have. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but... One more time. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. I was a sophomore in high school, and I was hanging out at a party. Sorry, Mom and Dad. I'm sorry. I was a sophomore. I was at a party. BC days before Christ. It doesn't count, right? There's grace. There's grace. So sophomore year, is at a party, hanging out with some friends. And that day, the prettiest girl in school had just dumped her boyfriend. So me and my boys were like, yeah, what's up? We're about, we're about to, you know, see what's going on. And she actually came to the party later that night, prettiest girl in school. And I had a friend, and he said, yo, Nick, I'm about to lay some game. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm about to go flirt with this girl and, you know, see what's up. I said, well, you do you, boo-boo. Go, go, go get her. Go get her. So he went, and, like, they were, you know, by the end of the night, they were holding hands. It was, you know, it was cool, and they were hanging out, you know. But then the ex-boyfriend rolls up. Uh-oh, you know this ain't good. He ro- we're outside. I, I, I kid you not, there's two little small cars that roll up, and I swear, 15 guys got out of each car. It was the whole baseball team, whole baseball team. I went to kind of a ghetto school, so you just kind of found rides where you could. You know, we were lap-sitting and stuff. It was okay. So the whole baseball team gets out of these two cars. And we were all sophomores. They were, like, all seniors, and they were big. They had, like, armpit hair, you know. And they had, like, beards, and they were jack, all steroided up. And 
I, I kid you not, my buddy's hanging out with the prettiest girl in school, the ex-boyfriend. I, I, I remember like slow motion, just walks up to him, puts his fist back. It was like a, it was a Rocky movie, and he just clocks my buddy, and he just falls in a heap. And I'm like, I'm like 10 feet away, and I, I remember just feeling sick to my stomach and hearing the sound. I will never forget it. Because, I mean, it was bad. And he just falls in a heap, and I was like, okay, he's not crying. That's good. It's that, that's a win for us. That's a win. Because I'm over there. It's like, hi, guys. And so he's, he's in a heap. He's not crying. I'm like, oh, no. He's not crying because he's unconscious. He just, got not, he, just, he just got straight knocked out. So I just went over. Hi. I'm going to take my friend now. Okay. So I, I sit for real. Like, a medic, medic. And I just pull him. I just pull him back, and I drive him home, and. Uh, we tell his mom that he fell on a doorknob, you know, like, like she believed that we thought we were so slick and, and yeah, which, yeah, whatever. We, we, we were not so slick. And anyway, his face was nasty, huge, bruised up for like three weeks. It was nasty. It was gross. But a few weeks later, he was fine. And it was a funny story that we all got to laugh at together. Sticks and stones can break your bones. But words can bruise forever. Sticks and stones can hurt for maybe a few weeks. You get bruised up and it goes down and you're fine. But words can bruise for years and years and years. And I think if we were all honest, every single one of us, we've all felt the sting of words before. We've all been bruised by words before. Maybe you've heard something like this. Did you mean to do that to your hair? <laughs> and y'all wish you still had hair. Never mind. Don't put that up. Are you really wearing that? Uh-uh, girl. Don't, don't play like that. You should be married by now. What's wrong with you? Yeah. You're stupid. You're a loser. I found someone else. I never loved you. I hate you. You're pathetic. I wish I never met you. I wish I never had you. But at the same time, we've been hurt by words, but we've all been helped by words before. We've all been helped. We've all been encouraged. Maybe you've heard something like this before. You look great. Tell somebody next to you, you look great. Tell them, you look great. You look great. You look great. I'm so proud of you. Have you been working out? Yeah. Just, just do this. If you, if, when everybody asks me that, and the answer is usually no, I just lie and I say, yeah. Yeah, I say, absolutely, I've been working out. Heck yeah, I have. You're so smart. You're so gifted. You did an awesome job. You have so much potential. I like being around you. You're beautiful. I love you. Thank you. I believe in you. You're the best. And here's one for my wife. I'd marry you all over again, baby girl. Yeah, yeah. That's called getting points. Yeah. What's up? What's up? We have all been helped by words, and we've all been hurt by words. So tonight, I want to help you watch your mouth. Tell somebody next to you again, tell them, watch your mouth. Watch 
your mouth. Because we've all been helped by words, we've all been hurt by words, and we've all hurt others with words. But we've all helped others with words as well. So I want to help us watch our mouths. Watch your mouth. So I want to set a foundation for the importance of words. We're gonna, we have some points tonight. I'm going to teach, and maybe at the end, I'm going to get excited. Does that sound good? So we got some points we're going to learn. Number one, words are powerful. Everyone say powerful. Words are powerful. Proverbs 18, 21 says this. The tongue can bring death or life. The tongue, your words, can bring death or life. When God created the world, what did he do? Spoke. He spoke. Words are powerful. He said, let there be, and there was. Let there be light. Let there be a difference between the heavens and the earth. Let there be a difference between land and sea, and there was. Let there be creatures, and let there, let there be uh, trees and crops, and there were. Let there be, and there was. Words are powerful. They're powerful. I was at Publix a few years ago feeling real bad about myself, having a pity party. You ever had a pity party before? Yeah, you ever? No, just me? Okay, great. Y'all liars, sinners, sinners. So I was having a pity party for myself and uh, just really feeling bad. Just, I don't know, just felt mopey. I don't know why. So I was at Publix waiting to get turkey. Okay, I never know when to get a number or when to not get a number. You know, isn't that frustrating? You stand in line, you're like, all right, everybody, I'll be here before you. I'll kill you. So <laughs> I, was, I was waiting to get turkey, and this woman, I, I don't know, she just came up to me. I was just waiting, kind of mind my, own, mind my own business. And she said, are you a movie star? <laughs> Who? Me? <laughs> she said, are you a movie star? I said, no, ma'am, I'm not. She said, you just got that Hollywood look. And I'm telling you, my mood went from Charlie Brown in it to, what's up, Brad Pitt? You ain't got nothing on me. Yes. In an instant, words are powerful. To flip the script in an instant, they're powerful. Tell somebody, are you a movie star? Ask him. Are you a movie star? Ask him. Are you a movie star? Are you a movie star? No, but you might know me from my TV show. Okay. So words are powerful. Number two, words are produced. Words are produced, meaning they start somewhere. They don't just appear, they begin somewhere. They're produced, and all these start with a P because I'm a preacher and we alliterate. Matthew 12, verse 34, Jesus says this about our words, where words start from. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Your heart your innermost being, who you are at the very core of who you are, that's where words start. Said, your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from a treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say is a mirror to your soul. What you say is a mirror to your soul. The words you find yourself using often, are they critical? Are they judgmental? Are they cynical? Do they tear down? Or are they words of encouragement? Are they joy? Are they hope? Do they build others up? What you say 
is a mirror to the state of who you really are in your innermost self at the soul level. I was at Publix again because I'm an adult. And, yeah, right. Literally, I home, work, Publix. That's it, people. Uh-huh. The struggle is real. I'm just an adult now. It's, <laughs> I'm in counseling for it. So I was at Publix again because that's literally all I do for fun. And I was in line, and I'm already in counseling for lines. I hate lines, long lines. I play a game with myself. I, I assess which line is the shortest, you know, and which line has the fastest clerk, you know. And so I assess all that, and then I pick one, and then I put an imaginary me in the other one I was going to choose, and I got to beat myself. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody psychopath like me in here? Yeah, you need help. You need help. You do. So I was at Publix. Uh, my favorite place to be, where shopping is a pleasure, and <laughs> sponsored by Publix. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was at Publix, and I picked a line, and it was going pretty good. There was a lot of stuff there, and this lady, but, but it was only one person in line, huge, uh, a lot of stuff on the conveyor belt. But only one person, though, so I didn't think it was a big deal. She just walked away. This lady just walked away. I was like, what the heck is going on here? Like, so literally, this whole thing is filled with her stuff. She just walks away, can't find her. A few minutes go by, they're done ringing her stuff up, and the clerks are just looking at me, and I'm just looking at them like, I'm not paying for this stuff. <laughs> I'm not paying. And they're, we're just sitting there waiting. We're, and, and I've already committed, and there's this huge line behind me, so I don't want to make a thing of it. And then this lady comes back. She's on her Bluetooth talking, you know. And I'm nothing against Bluetooth, but come on. And so, so like, she's on Bluetooth talking and comes over. She thinks she's the most important person on planet earth. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm sitting here just judging, just thinking the worst things. Your kids are ugly. I hope that steak gives you, gives you bad problems, you know, later or whatever, you know? And, and then like, so, cause I'm waiting in this line thinking the worst thing It's bubbling up. I mean, my heart's just, it's bubbling. And then, you know, she, it, it all gets done and she pays for it. And then she has the gall, the nerve, the audacity to ask for change. After all that, she goes, can I have a change for a hundred, please? And I'm like, I'm going to follow you home. (laughs) It's over for you. (laughs) You're, you're done. And seriously, I'm I'm thinking all this stuff and I'm about to preach on words and I'm not saying them because my wife always reminds me, you're a pastor. Okay. (laughs) Remember you're a pastor. And I go, oh yeah, you're right, baby. My bad. I'm a, I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor. (laughs) Words are produced. Pray for me. All right. Number three, words are pricey. They're pricey. Like wives, like girlfriends, like babies. They're pricey. Don't amen, fellas. Matthew 12, verse 36. This is the next verse. So Jesus is continuing. He says this, and I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day. FYI, you're going to die. Everyone's going to die. We're all going to check out of Motel Earth one day, and we're all going to stand before holy God. Just you and him. That's it. So we're all going to die. I hope you're encouraged. Welcome to Meadowbrook. You're going to die. Okay, so (laughs) we all are one out of one. You're you're done. Okay. So you must give an account on Judgment Day for every idle, that careless word, every word that just boop pops out. You ever had a foot and mouth moment? Yeah, yeah, all those. Jesus says you're going to have to give an account for those on Judgment Day. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Words are pricey. And I am proud to be an American. I love that we have freedom of speech. That's why we're even able to do this right now. 
But our words are never truly free because we will always pay a relational cost for every word. Your words aren't free. You can say whatever you want, but that doesn't mean they won't cost you something relationally. Just because something, just because you have the right to do something doesn't always make it right to do it, especially in the eyes of God. You know, I mean, shoot, you know, prostitution is legal in some parts of Nevada just because it's legal. You know, when you get to Judgment Day and Jesus is, you're like, Jesus is like, hey, what's up with this prostitution thing? And you're like, well, it was in Nevada. And he's like, oh, okay, it's fine. You're good. You're fine. High five. You're in, whatever. Some guys are like, I'm, go- I'm moving to Nevada. No, no, you missed it. You missed it, man. You missed it. You missed it. Just because we have the right doesn't make it right. We have freedom of speech. I love freedom of speech. But your words are never truly free. They will always cost relationally. Words are pricey. Number four, words are permanent. Words are permanent. Proverbs 12, 18 says this. The words of the reckless pierce like swords. Now, what, if you get pierced with a sword, what happens? You're probably going to die. Probably. Odds are. Anywhere in here, you're done. You get pierced with a sword. But if you live, what's going to happen? You got some scars. Some probably really cool scars that I want to see, by the way. Chicks don't dig scars, but Nick does. I think scars are really cool. I do. I just think they're awesome. You're going to have scars. Pierced like a sword. The words of the reckless pierced like swords. Your words, they simply just leave scars. They're permanent. You can't unsay something. You can't unsend something. Once they hear it or once they read it, it's over. You can't take it back. Words are permanent, like bad tattoos. I got some pictures. Let's look at them. Let's look at this picture. That's, that's his McDonald's receipt. You think he's going to regret that one day? Isn't that awesome? How white trash is that? I love it. That's great. All right. One more. I got, I got another one. Got another one. No raw grets. Not even one letter, huh? Okay, next one. Too cool for school. All right. Words are permanent. And if you mess them up, they might leave a mark. Words are permanent. Words are pricey. Words are powerful. And words are produced. I want to help you watch your mouth. Say it again. Watch your mouth. (laughs) Isn't that just fun to say? I love it. I love it. So I want to make this very practical for you. Um, I don't want you to walk away with some theological knowledge, but not be able to apply this message to your life. So I want to really help you watch your mouth in your life. So I have four more points of application for you. I told you we're going to learn something tonight. Number one, guard yourself from toxic words. Guard yourself. Proverbs 4.23 says this, guard your heart. Everyone say, my heart. Above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So how do you do that? How do you guard your heart? Verse 24, avoid all perverse talk, negative words. Avoid that stuff. 
Stay away from corrupt speech. Sometimes maybe you got to cut off some unhealthy relationships. Verse 25, this is, this is the biggest way you do it. You look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Don't look on what is behind you. Look at what God has in front of you. In front, because I don't know if you know this, but God has a plan and a purpose and a future for your life. And I think maybe just one person's here to hear that tonight. That you're not an accident. That God made you exactly the way he wants you. Look forward to that. Look forward to that. And there's going to be, there's going to be haters. Haters going to hate. They are. There's going to be corrupt speech. There's going to be negative words in your life. And you can't control what others say, but you can control what you believe. You can't, I can't control what you say about me, but I can control what I believe about who God says I am. One of my uh, heroes in the faith is a guy by the name of Craig Rochelle. And when he was my age, and you probably don't know him, and he likes it that way. Um, when he was my age, uh, or a bit younger than me, he wanted to be a pastor really, really bad. And um, he was in a denomination, so in that particular denomination, he had to go before councils and boards and such over and over and over again. And uh, by the end of it, they looked him in the eye and said, Craig, we just don't think you're cut out to be a pastor. We don't think you're gifted. We don't think you're called. We don't think that you're going to make a good pastor. So I just don't think it's going to work out. Craig Rochelle now pastors the largest church in American history. They had 120,000 souls at Easter. 120,000 people. I'm not saying to listen to authority, but I am saying look to where God's calling you. Look, fix your eyes on what's before you. If God's put a dream in your heart, who is anybody else to say anything about it? Look, look before you, not behind you. Yeah. Look ahead. Number two, speak life-giving words to others. Speak life-giving words to others. Proverbs 18.21, we just read it, but I want to read it in the message for you. It says, words kill or words give life. They're either poison or fruit. They're either nasty or they're sweet. And here's the cool part. You choose. Tell your neighbor, you choose. Tell them, you choose. You choose. They're either bitter or they're sweet. They're either death or they're life. So let me just tell you, Christian, Christian, look at me. If you're a Christian here, look at me. Hey, look, if you're not a Christian, you don't have to do any of this stuff. But if you do, you might like it. But Christian, look at me, Christian, be a dealer of the good stuff. Be a dealer of the good stuff. I want you with a spiritual trench coat in a spiritual back alley going, I got that good stuff. What you want? What you want? I got some joy. I got some encouragement. I got some hope. I got some future. I got, I got the good stuff. What you want? I got the good stuff. I got the good stuff. What you want? I got the good stuff. Hey, you. Hey, you. Yeah, I got some hope for you right here. I got some hope. Be a dealer of the good stuff. Give out the good stuff. Not the bitter death. Give out the sweet stuff. Y'all remember, as children playing in the backyard, and you hear the most beautiful sound in the world on a hot summer day, the ice cream truck. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, I don't even know the song. Ding, 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 ding. Something like that. Yeah, it's, that's pretty good, right? Yeah, okay. So, ding, 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 ding. And you're, and you're, you're playing, your, your ears perk up. Whoop. And you, what do you do? You drop what you're doing. If you're holding somebody, see, I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, you're just like, I'm out. 
And what do you do? You beeline it to mom and dad. You're pushing people out of the way. You're jumping over couches. I mean, you're just going for it. Mom, mom, dad, dad, please. There's nothing more important than the universe in this moment right now. I need money. And they give you some money, so you shut up. And then you, you go, and all the kids run out to the ice cream truck in a huge line. And everybody is just so happy. Why? Because they know the sweet stuff is coming. What if? What if people in your life reacted to you like that? What if at work or at school or whatever your sphere of influence is, what if whenever you walked in, everyone perked up and they said, you know what, I don't know about the Jesus thing. I don't know about the church thing, but I know when he's here. I know when she's here that something's different, that they got the good stuff, that when they're here, I just believe my best days are ahead of me. When they're here, I just, I don't know what it is, but I feel lighter. I don't know what it is, but I feel grace. I don't know what it is, but I just feel better. What if, Christian, people knew you were a dealer of the good stuff? Amen? Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is for somebody about life-giving words. Some of the most life-giving words you can say are, I'm sorry, and I forgive you. I'm sorry, and I forgive you. Maybe you're in here, and you've wronged someone. You've hurt someone with words. I encourage you, humble yourself. Humble yourself. And go to that person and apologize and say, I'm sorry, and repent. Or maybe you've been holding on to unforgiveness. And that bitterness is keeping you back from God's best for your life. Forgive them. We have the incredible honor to forgive as the Lord forgave us. Speak life-giving words to others. Number three, speak life-giving words to yourself. Everyone say, myself. Here, here we go. We're about to do something cool. You are not ordained to preach to yourself. You are ordained. Tell somebody next to you, I'm a preacher. Tell them I'm a preacher. 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 Own it. You're a preacher. I'm not going to give you a microphone, but you can preach to yourself. You got, check this out. So how do you preach to yourself? Romans 10, 17. This is awesome. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Here's how you preach to yourself. Learn a couple of scriptures and repeat them to yourself. Learn the word of God and preach to yourself. You can, uh, and honestly, you can probably self-help yourself, and it'll work for like a minute. Like, you're just a great person, and people like you. That's not really going to work too long. Learn the word of God, because that changes hearts unlike anything else. You can preach yourself into more faith. You can preach yourself into more joy. You got a hard meeting to go into? Maybe you can preach yourself ready for that. Preach to yourself. Learn the word of God and declare it to yourself. His word doesn't fail. It's worked forever. And it will work forever. Preach to yourself. Learn the word. Memorize a couple scriptures. You got a hard day ahead? Preach to yourself. You got a great day ahead? Preach to yourself. You're in traffic. Lord, help us all. Preach to yourself. Say, Lord, part that sea in Jesus' name. You know what I mean? Just preach to yourself. Speak life-giving words. 
to yourself. Number four, last one. Let the word work in your life. So we've been talking about the power of your words, but I want to talk about the power of the word. Let the word work in your life, the word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says this. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. I want you to know that God knows you. Like, he, no, 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 for real. Like, he knows the real you. Not the, the you that you portray to others. Not the you that comes to church and takes notes. Which is great, by the way. But he knows the real you. Like, the real deal you. Like, the you that you don't show anybody else. He knows the real you. And he wants the real you. The real you in the deepest parts of who you are. Have you ever been in like a church service before and had Pastor Tim or myself or one of the other preachers and it sounds like we're preaching just to you? Like it sounds like, like you're sitting there thinking, this person has cameras in my home. They are stalking me. They're checking my voicemail. They're reading my emails. This is weird. Y'all ever had that happen before? Yeah, I have. I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the word of God does. It cuts between joint and marrow, soul and spirit, and it gets down to the real deal you, who you really are. God knows who you are, and he wants the real you. And I know with all of these beautiful people in this place that there's a lot of us that have been damaged by words that have been bruised by words. Maybe you're holding on to a word that was spoken years ago and it's marked you and it's bruised you. We're gonna handle that tonight in the name of Jesus. So I want you right now to let the word work in your life. Maybe you've heard something like this. You'll never amount to anything. You'll never amount to it. You'll never get there. You can never achieve that. Well, this is what the word says about you. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Well, that person didn't create you. They didn't make you. But God did. So he's the only one that has the right to tell you what you can and can't do. He created you to do good things. And he, he's had that planned since long ago. They said you can't accomplish it. Who cares? God said you're a masterpiece. He said he made you on purpose, with purpose, for something big. I just want that to work in your heart right now. I think this is for somebody. Maybe you've heard something like this. You'll always struggle with that. Whatever that is. Addiction, porn, alcohol, drugs, illness. You'll always struggle with that. Who could get over that? You'll always struggle with that. 
Well, here's what the word says. Philippians 4.13, one of my favorite verses. For I can do everything. I can do everything, all things. Why? Through Christ who gives me strength. Well, you're right. I probably can't get over that. But it isn't up to me. I can get over that. I can overcome that. I can have victory in that, not because I'm great, not because I'm strong, not because I have it all together, not because I've won the victory, but because of Jesus Christ's victory on my behalf at Calvary. That's why. You're right, I can't, but he can. Let the word work in your life. Maybe you've heard something like this. Your situation is too overwhelming. It's just too much. How could anyone face that? There's no way around. There's no way through. How? It's too overwhelming. Here's a scripture that I read at funerals and at the bedsides of those um, that I visit in the hospital. A few weeks ago, I visited a woman in the hospital, read this scripture, and knew after I read it and I prayed and said amen that she was going to slip into eternity. Your situation is too overwhelming? Check this out. Psalm 23 says this. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, your darkest and most overwhelming times, even then, even then, even though you walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. This is my favorite part. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Maybe your situation is overwhelming. But if the good shepherd is alongside you, which he is. He said he'll never leave you, never forsake you. He's never failed. He's not going to start with you. If you have the good shepherd to protect you, to guide you, to comfort you, to provide for you, you can walk through the darkest, deepest valley. And you're going to be all right. Because the good shepherd is by your side. Let the word work in your life. Here's the last one. Maybe you've heard this. No one could ever love you. No one could ever love you. Because of what you did, who you did it with, where you went, how you lived, no one could ever love you. You're used goods. You're dirty. You're too far gone. No one could ever love you. Let the word work in your life. Romans 8 says this. I am convinced that nothing could ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell itself can separate us from God's love. 
No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us, that's you, from the love of God that has revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. God has never stopped loving you, and he will never stop loving you. God's never stopped loving you, and he will never stop loving you. God's never stopped loving you, and he will never, ever, ever stop loving you. And he proved it. He didn't just say it with words. He proved it with the word made flesh. That he sent Jesus Christ, the perfect son of God, to the earth to live a sinless life that we could not live. You're not perfect and neither am I. Jesus lived a perfect life. Healing people. Performing miracles. Loving people. Teaching people. Because he was God in the flesh. Then one day, some of those same people he healed and taught and loved thought he deserved to die. So they took Jesus, the perfect son of God, the word made flesh, and they beat him till he was unrecognizable, put a crown of thorns on his head, put him on a rugged wooden death machine called the cross, nailed huge spikes through his wrists and through his feet, and stood Jesus Christ, the perfect son of God, on that cross to die. And I honestly believe with everything in me, while he was hanging on that cross, feeling the sin of the world, that he was thinking about you. 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 And you. You. And you. And you. All of you. If you were the only person to ever suck wind off of planet Earth, Jesus would have come, lived a perfect sinless life, and died a death on a cross and rose from the grave just for you because that's how much you matter to God and that's how much you are loved by God. So Jesus was on that cross and he did die. But Jesus had the last word. Hanging on that cross, Jesus Christ, the perfect son of God, said, it is finished. What's finished? Your sin, your shame, your guilt, your yesterdays, your failure, your wars that have marked your life, they're finished. They're done. They can't hold you anymore. The grave can't hold you. Sin, where is your victory? Sin, where is your sting? Nowhere. Because why? It is finished. He had the last word. He died. But he rose from the grave three days later with power over sin grave, the universe, and the ages, and ascend into heaven so that you could be forgiven for all of your sin, all of your yesterdays, everything you've done in the shadows, everything you never want to speak about again. Jesus conquered those so you could be forgiven. You could live a life full of purpose, meaning, joy, fulfillment, and victory on this earth, and so that you could live an eternity with God in heaven. This is what the Word has done for you. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.